0: Good evening, evening, everyone. Uh, For those of you who don't know, my name is Corbin Hogan. I am David Hogan's grandson. And I'm very glad to be here. First and foremost, I'm always so thankful that we have the opportunity to gather here this evening or this night. That we can freely proclaim His name. That we have the opportunity to praise and worship together freely. We're not worried about anything else. All we have to do this night is praise Him. To lift up His name. It's... I'm very glad that I get the opportunity to travel in different places and preach the gospel, to minister to people. And for the first few years, after I'd committed to working in Mexico with my dad and grandpa, it felt felt like a job. It was a lot of work. And I didn't, I didn't look forward to it every day. I'll go, oh, I got I to gotta go out again today. But then I did a fast and the Holy Ghost pointed out to me, it was quite clear that I was, I was looking at it wrong. And I was doing it for the wrong reasons. In the place of, I have to do this, now it's, I get to do this. Yeah. In place of, I have to go to church, I get to every single day. Yeah. I have the opportunity to go to different places and see different ministries, see different, get different people coming together to lift up His name, to praise the Lord to encourage one another because in this scenario this is the easiest it's going to get because we're together focused on the same same goal to worship him encouraging one another for, for many, many years, I felt like I had no impact over anyone's life, that I had insufficient words. But then I began to study my dad's life and my grandpa's life. And more than their words, they affected people with their presence. Whether the people around them even realized that they were being affected by it because I have the opportunity to travel with them, I would see them go into a place and you could just see it just wash over everybody. And people would just start to act different and, and just change, like drawn to, they didn't know what they were drawn to. And over the years, I've had the opportunity to see many miracles. I would like to see a lot more by by my own hands. Um, I've been with people and you always have that doubt when you pray for somebody and they get healed. You're like, well, there was seven other people in the room. It, it, It for sure wasn't me. It wasn't me that healed them. But no, you were part of the process. And you were there. And they're growing Growing up in a house where the Bible was the first book that I read, it was the only book that was suggested to me, Um, through the years I started to, when I hit my teen years, I started to struggle, and I realized what the transition was, what started happening, Because all my life it had been the God of my father and of my grandfather. The transition was was he going to be my God? Was he going to be my Savior? And the struggle was as I had not made the decision. Of course, there's always going to be problems. That's life. There's going to be hurt, there's going to be pain. There's going to be so many problems that just weigh you down constantly. And for the longest time, I'm like, this is just attacks from the devil. And no, most of the time, it's just life. And when I made that decision, lots of things changed. Many, many things in my life just completely flipped and were no longer problems. I no longer struggled to go to church. I never openly rebelled, mainly out of fear of my dad and grandpa. <laughs> which to me is a, a healthy thing. <laughs> and I thought that I was sneaking by and struggling and not wanting to go to church, and my parents just didn't realize, but they they very much realized. They just didn't let me know that they knew. But one of the things that helped me when I was really struggling and having a hard time making that decision, because in those days, all I could see was the problems. All I could see was the people that we were going to church with on Monday or Tuesday, and then Wednesday and Thursday seeing them drunk in the street. That's all I could see. It's like, why, why am I going to follow this? This obviously leads to nothing. But then one day, my mom handed me a piece of paper. And she did that all the time, and most of the time it was verses. And she handed it to me. I was like, thank you. I went to my room, and I threw it on my desk. I'm like, I'm not reading that. Because whenever I'll read a verse that she would re- have written down for me, conviction would hit me. It's like, I just don't want to feel that today. I'm not going to read it. <laughs> then the next day, it was, like, it was almost like it was sitting there just glowing on my desk. I ignored it, put it in a drawer, and then I, I, I could swear at night that that drawer was glowing. <laughs> and I knew it was that piece of paper, and I was like, okay, I can't take it anymore. I'll just read it, get it over with. But when I opened the piece of paper... What she had written down was the miracles that had happened in my life from the time I was a baby. Every time I read one of those, I remembered the power and the love and the peace that I felt in that moment when the miracle happened. And I had forgotten those moments. I had forgotten that. And that's, that's what the devil wants, is for us to forget those powerful moments that we have, those special moments that we have with him. And if we forget those moments, we don't look for those moments. We don't strive for those moments. I want to encourage you to remember. Really sit down and Remember. Remember when you got on your knees and said, I give you everything. Because in that moment, you felt so free. And then slowly but surely, you started picking things back up. It says daily, pick up your cross and follow me. That's right. Daily, we have to have those moments with him the most powerful moments that I experience, the presence, the strength, the peace, the love is when I'm alone with him. I want to encourage you to find that moment every day. In the Bible it says, give us this day our daily bread. And every day he has something for us. Something for us to do. The day that I woke up and decided, I just, I'm going to try something. Because I go out more when I'm in Mexico. I go out every day to a different village or multiple villages. And every day before I left the house, I would say, God, what is my job today? When I started doing that, I started seeing so many things happen. Because it wasn't just I'm gonna go to this village, we're gonna preach or minister or whatever it looked like, then we're gonna come home. But one of the things that happened to me more recently is I let I let distraction happen. Because I'm on the road every day, when they don't maintain the roads, I get quite aggravated. And there's a certain town that I go through just about every day, not every day, but probably five days out of the week. And they decided to add 10 speed bumps when you're leaving this town. When I came around that corner, real anger came over me because it's every day I got to go. Across them and then come back across them every day. And I started complaining. There was a young guy with me. And then we stopped and grabbed something to eat. When we walked in, there was a guy at another table, and as soon as I walked in, I I, I knew immediately this man is struggling. He is in pain. I went, sat down at the table, I called my wife, and I just started complaining. It's probably a good five, ten minutes. Because it, 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 it's an inconvenience. It is every day that I have to drive over them. And I hung up the phone. I set the phone down. The guy got up and walked out. And I felt the Holy Ghost tell me, because you were too busy complaining, you just missed an opportunity. Just show the love of Christ to that man. that hurt because I felt like I was justified in my complaining and I tried to get up but something was holding me in the chair it said no, you missed that opportunity that was what you were supposed to do today I hadn't even gone to service yet I still had a service and a visit no, no that's what you were supposed to do today. The other things were extra. You asked him to show you what to do today, and when you walked in, you knew. And I did. And I thought, I'll get to it after, after I eat. If we're going to ask God to do something in our lives, we have to follow through. And for many reasons, a lot of times it's super simple things like 10 speed bumps. And I realized that something that insignificant in my life distracted me from doing what I'm supposed to do. So I want to encourage you today to... Follow through with what you ask God, because we say a lot of things, but do we actually mean them? Because a lot of times, and because I go to so many services, I hear people talking, and it's like, whoa! Might want to check your words there, because if you don't truly mean that, there are repercussions. I want to read some verses. In Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 says, My son, forget not my law or my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life worth living in tranquility inward and outward and continuing through old age till death these shall they add to you let not mercy and kindness and truth forsake you bind them around your neck write them upon the tablet of your heart so shall favor shall, so shall you find favor good understanding and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him. He will direct and make straight and plain your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Reverently fear and worship the Lord, and turn entirely away from evil. It shall be health to your nerves and sinews, and marrow and moistening to your bones. Anytime I start struggling, those verses start repeating in my head. In, in Spanish, verse 8 is slightly different, it says it's refreshment to your bones. And I want to share a story with y'all that happened to me personally when it was about eight years ago now, where I experienced verse eight. About eight years ago, I was at that time at my grandpa's ranch working, maintaining our orange, orange grove. I was driving the tractor all day. It was coming towards the end of the day. I was almost done. And then out of nowhere, just started getting stung everywhere. I didn't realize what it was. I jumped off the tractor and took off running. Got a little ways from the tractor and realized I forgot to drop it in neutral before I took off running. So it's still just cutting. Um, So I knew I had to run back. And when I got back to the tractor, I just trying to do the quickest thing, hit the key, and took off running again. But since the noise of the tractor wasn't distracting the bees, I didn't realize what was stinging me at that point yet. The bees attacked me again. And I was probably a little over a half mile from the house. I just sprinted. Again, I didn't know what had stung me, and the worst thing to do after a bee sting I've learned is run. Um, but it was my, I had on long sleeves and everything, but that day I didn't have any neck protection or anything. So it was my neck and my head just covered in stings. I make it to the house. I run to my aunt's room. And by the time I got to the house, I couldn't walk straight. My vision started getting blurred. I managed to make it to my aunt's room. I knocked on her door. She's like, you okay? And she said, as, as soon as she saw me, I was kind of out of it. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. just got stang, stung a couple times. She sat me down, started helping me. And I, my grandma was there. She ran down. I saw her. And then I remember telling them, my throat's closing off. I can't breathe. And right after I said that, all the pain went away. I couldn't feel anything, couldn't hear anything. All I felt was an overwhelming peace. There's not words to describe the peace that I felt. I didn't understand what was going on in that moment, but I I really didn't care because of the level of peace that I felt. And then I started hearing my grandpa's voice, but... like really far away. And I was still confused. I was like, man, why am I hearing my grandpa? He's not even here. And it's just kind of like, where am I exactly? Again, all I could feel was peace. And I didn't want to leave it, but I wanted to, to respond to my grandpa. So I started trying to answer him, trying to answer him. And he got closer and closer. And then all of a sudden, I took a breath again. And that breath was so sweet. And now I understand it to be the breath of life. Because I wasn't breathing for a long time. When I came to, I was still super confused as to what was going on. And I look up, as soon as I could get my, my vision back, I saw my grandpa over FaceTime. Yeah, My grandma was holding the phone in my face. My grandpa was in Poland. Is that where you were? I think he was in Poland at that time. He had just finished a conference. And I was like, yes, sir, I'm here, I'm here. And he's like, don't don't scare your grandma like that again. (laughs) But that was another one of those moments that completely altered my life completely altered the way that I view life. I now strive to find that peace while living. There are, in this day and age, nobody has peace. in the midst of the worst problems that I've experienced and the worst moments of my life, I've still felt peace. Because He's always there. It's always available. We just have to to reach for it. We have to ask for it. And so now every day I go out, every day I wake up, and my thought is, who can I help find peace today? Today? Who can I help experience the power of the love of Christ? Because a lot of people have a wrong view of the love of Christ. The love of Christ is so powerful. The peace of Christ is so powerful. It can overcome anything. So I want to encourage you today to first remember, don't forget what Christ has done in your life remember those moments remember the power of those moments and then look for the next moment and figure out who you can bring with you to experience that moment we we have something and our job is to take that person next to us or the person that we found and bring them to the point that they can experience that i want to encourage you today to dig deeper Find that, next, find that next level. Because no matter how many levels you feel like you've gotten past, there's always more. There's always more power. There's always more love, more understanding. So with that, I want to encourage you today. Thank you very much for this opportunity.
1: Big Ghost, one, two, three, we cooking? So that phone call, you don't want it. You hear me? I'm telling you. But if you do get it, and you probably will, uh, about somebody you care about, you need Jesus to bail you out. I don't know what to say to you. There's no verse that says, in Jesus' name, FaceTime, and I'll raise the dead. There's not one. But my wife and my daughter called me. uh, uh, It was a great service. We We was in Warsaw, Poland. It was a great time. I mean, things were hopping pretty good for us. But boy, that was sad to me. My wife, because, like I say, y'all don't know her because she don't ever say nothing. <laughs> you want to say something, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> you sure? You okay? Beso. Entonces, Beso. Okay. All right. Can't forget you, can I? Okay, so, so, y'all, listen. You know, things are funny. I'm serious. I got a bunch of rules, and I don't deviate you're not going to get me off the trail that I think is the right trail. And, and it looks legalistic to you until you need to call me. Do you hear? Because I'm not liberal about any subject. I'm one of them Bible-thumping old people y'all call ultra-conservatives. That's who I am. And, and fortunately for me that I was at the moment the phone call came. Because when, when my wife called me, you know, it was supposed to be, I'm going to bed now because it was midnight over there. And I'm, I'm going to bed now. And, uh, you know, you have a good night's sleep, kisses, all that stuff, you know. But instead, I get this soldiered up woman that I don't like talking to that particular part of that particular woman, because she's like me, she's not movable. And so my response to her immediately was, I don't care what the problem that caused you to get in this character, I just want the name and then your, your problem is over. It's my problem. And she goes to me, you know, she tells me that's not what it is, David. And I'm looking at her. I've been married to her for 50 years. I know what she's thinking. And I know the looks on her face, what they mean. The, every reflection, every, every, I know it. And I manage it. I know how to manage it. vice versa. And so, uh, y'all, I'm not kidding you. I saw death on her. I saw somebody was fixing to be hurt or was really hurt. And it was real. It was Corbin this time. And it was killer bees. Well, there's too many of them. You can't kill all the killer bees. There's just so many. You, You scientists produce something that's evil. So I'm mad at you, whichever one of you scientists. So those things are amazing, they produce honey. They're, they're bizarre, it's, it, it's the way they can produce honey, but, and it's very powerful honey. It's just that they got an attitude that kills, they're pretty bad, <laughs> it's a true statement. So uh, she said, it's Corbin, David. I said, I just need a name. Go, it does matter the results. I just need a name. And she said, you can't do it that way. I'm going to have to, you're going to have to follow me. And when she turned that phone around, gosh, y'all, because my son Jody, his son, he's in the next room, but I, I, don't ha- I don't even have time to go get him. You follow me or not? Because the boy's laying there. Uh -uh, dead, he was dead, I believe it. And if he wasn't, he was sure close. And she turned that phone around there, golly, I need you to be knowing Jesus when that phone call comes for you. Somebody that's valuable in your life that you'd be willing to give your life for, you need Jesus because he already gave his life. I need you to hear me, okay? It's important. Because you younger people, you got to face this more than I do probably. Who knows how long I'm going to live, so I can't really say that. My mama's 100, so... I might have to keep living. So... Y'all, I just started talking to the kid. Corbin, this is Papa. And in y'all's world, y'all's kids run y'all's life. In my world, I run our family, not the kids. You hear me? And I know y'all think that's old timey thinking. It is until you need to raise the debt. Till you actually need something of value. That an old snotty kid can't produce. Do you understand me? And I understand how controversial what I just said is. But you've seen me how I love my family and my babies and all this. You've watched me. That ain't the problem. The problem is, when that phone call comes, can you help them? Do you understand or not? Because yeah. it's coming. Phone call's coming. And I'm not speaking evil on you in negative. I've just lived enough life to know that you're not going to avoid it. And you need help. And so uh, I started talking to him. And finally I saw him take a breath. Boy, his tongue was swollen out and he was, golly, he was a mess. And then I watched Jesus touch him with the breath of life. I watched him take that breath again, and I watched I watched him come back to us, and then I watched him say, yes, sir, Papa. And that's the only thing I wanna hear out of you. Do y'all understand me? I'm not kidding you. You need a soldier in your life. You need somebody that can help you with direction and, and stuff, stuff that works that you're not all over the place with good ideas, that you actually are are processing and going forward. Hello? I'm right about this now. Because when God brought that boy back to us. There was a bunch of happy people and one of them sitting right over here, uh, Ms. Hogan. She turned that phone around whenever he finally came back and all that started working right again. All she said to me was, thank you, David. Have a good night. Click. (laughs) You know, you can say what you want to say about all of it and how we act with each other, everything, how you would do it a lot better. You just ain't got any proof, but I do. (laughs) You hear me? This stuff works. It works in my house. I needed that boy. I need somebody to drive my tractor. (laughs) Somebody got to take care of my pigs and chickens and (laughs) cows and orange trees and cane fields and it's gotta be him. Sure does. I need you to want this. Now I've asked for permission from Brother Daniel uh, to do a prayer tunnel after a while. If y'all want to, we'll do that, but I want, you, I want you to open yourself up because I need what I need out of you is a touch from God. You don't need my touch. It'll help you. I'm, we're full of the Holy Ghost. That's real. All that's real. Uh, this thing of giving, helping people get touched, that's all awesome. I agree with that as well. But you need to open yourself up and let God touch you and you actually be changed. Uh, you need to be a Benefit instead of a debit card. <laughs> it's just okay because that, that stuff is so valuable. But I actually saw God, I was, I was in Europe in Poland, we were 7,000 miles away, they were in Mexico. God saved my family. And he did it with an iPhone. It's weird. <laughs> Holy Ghost. There's not a verse for that. I'm so sorry to you. <laughs> but I'm grateful I had technology that time. Okay, let's do a Bible verse so you can feel churchy. <laughs> Holy Ghost. <laughs> you know, the thing is, I don't. I don't ever hardly, hardly ever feel real spiritual, but it, I can do weird, the weird, the, the most amazing things. <laughs> it's awesome pretty awesome. So let's go over here. We're going to keep hopping through these chapters. Uh, I'm going to skip a few. I want to get to this one. So here we are. It's my turn. So we're going to do it. So John number 11. John. Oh, uh, new Testament. Brother Daniel, you okay? How much time we got? We got time. All right. I'm not going to be much longer, but uh there's just something I want to tell you. I want to read a couple of these verses, but I also want to, we, we just had a really, uh, every time I talk about God, I use the word awesome, but, but uh, that don't seem adequate or something. He's, he just lets us do stuff. That, you know, I don't hear other people talk about much. And I want to tell you about it, this is really good. And a couple of of our people from Mexico are over here. Thank y'all for taking care of them and letting them come in, appreciate that. Thank y'all. They're important to me. Holy Ghost. So, uh, see, see uh, I'm going to get you mad at me, because, but I do it on purpose. Uh, I think about how I can rev your engine up. Uh, and I'm probably going to be successful today. See, because most modern Humans, all right? And then we isolate the Christian, modern Christians out of that crowd. You believe in logic and reason more than you believe in anything else. I don't. Now I live in and I acknowledge logic and reason. It's around me every every day. You know it is. I'm involved in it. Things I do are logical. Logical. They make sense. You you, you push this way, it's going to push back at you. It's just how it operates. But for you to get the the iPhone to raise the dead, you got to be out of logic. You got to be into the Holy Ghost and the fire. and That's a different world. And very rarely does logic and reason get to go into the Holy Ghost fire world. It takes faith, and faith don't operate in logic. It operates in trust in the name of Jesus. Ok Duke? All right. And for y'all that don't agree with me, and I, I realized earlier uh, some of the skepticism, I'm going to really rail on you here. Shouldn't have showed me your hand because now I know how to play mine to get you. Because I too am smart. And I really like to play this game. I'm good at it. Holy Ghost. I'm what's called more than a conqueror. <laughs> and so that means somebody's losing. And it's not me. Jesus is king. Shalaba. So, Okay, let's go here, John, chapter eleven, um, with a whole bunch of it I would like to read, but we'll start in thirty-seven. This is where uh, Jesus let his friend die, and uh, y'all all believe, y'all all believe in friendship <laughs> and family over God. So I'm gonna have to say to you, Jesus, don't. Because Jesus could have stopped that death. You realize that, right? But he didn't. It's necessary to see the glory of God instead of people's opinions. And sometimes it takes following God's spirit over logic and reason. Okay, all right, so verse 37 it says, Some of the people said, Could not he who opened a blind man's eye have prevented this man from dying? Of course, the answer to that is yes, he could have. Say it, he could have. Say it, He he didn't. And that's hard for us to own up to. Because we 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 believe heaven has to obey us. They don't. They obey God the Father. You remember that angel that came and met uh, uh, Joshua when Joshua was fixing to fight Jericho, and Joshua was out there. He's a general now of the whole army, and he's out there contemplating by himself. You know his enemy and how he's going to process the fight and all these things. And here comes this really nice looking soldier up on him with a sword and all. He goes, so whose team you on? Angel goes, nobody's. Well, are you for our enemy or for us? Neither, I work for God. See, and that's what is being left out. Logically, we want that angel to step on our side and help us with our victory. But what's going to happen is God's plan's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. And I need you to get that. And, it, and, and I don't like it sometimes either. I don't like it. I don't like it because my grandson got attacked by, they call them, uh, a de of a, a, a swarm of bees. Attack my grandson, and, and we're not evil people. We're not. We're out there working for heaven's sake. He he worked all day, and his reward is to die. I was in a conference with a few thousand Polish people in Warsaw, and my and my reward for doing good is uh, my grandson gets killed. All right, I don't like that idea, but but did it change the plan? No, but it did change the outcome because God had a plan. And fortunate for me, I was in his plan and it worked for our benefit. Hello, 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 hello. And it sounds like I'm double talking and running around in circles, which I'm not because God's plan is gonna happen. It don't matter if you quit or if you keep going. But in the long run of life, I have figured it out that we do better if we keep going. Percentages start changing for you. Like invention of the iPhone because I was going to need FaceTime to raise my grandson from the dead. That's a benefit. So, okay. Surely... He could have done that. Verse 38 Jesus again, sighing repeatedly and deeply disquieted, approached the tomb. It was a cave, a hole in a rock. A boulder lay against it. Take away the stone. All right. These people are his friends, they've taken care of him for a lot of years, they've helped his ministry. And Martha, she's the impetuous, aggressive sister, immediately stands up and says, excuse me, don't want to tell you how to do your job, but. See, that's logic. And she actually did believe he's the son of God. She, she was a true believer, but there was something in her way called logic and reason. You know he knew the man was stinking already. He'd been in that ground four days. Everybody in this room knows if you lay a body over there four days, it's going to be stinking by now. Say, so yeah, I know that. So did Jesus know it. But people uh, that are entitled with logic and reason have just got to stand up and say, stop. You're out of order. And this is the son of God she's talking to. Whoa, that's a little bit bright, wouldn't you say? If you look at it from my viewpoint, you get a different understanding, don't you? So, I need to, I don't mind you having logic and reason. I have more than all of you probably. But I need you to let the son of God do his job. We need to follow his orders without question. And there's not very many people I would even ask you to do that with uh, besides him. I don't know any. Never a man slash woman. Look what it says, <laughs> 39, take the stone away. Martha, sister of the dead man, but Lord, how does he not know it, y'all? What's the reason to burn your energy and tell him? It's because logic is so strong and doubt is so unbelievably aggressive, it has to speak up. So I need us to work on that, Okay. I need need us, me included, us, us. I need us to not allow that to have control of our life, but to let faith in Jesus and trust it. When he moves that stone, he already knows what the outcome's gonna be. We need to follow him, regardless of what knowledge we have of the scenario. Okay? All right. Cause, see, I was I was in I was involved in a similar event like this, another dead reason. I was I was in a thing it was a lot more people than this. Probably eight hundred or nine hundred folks, uh, and they're all our leadership, right? And so they don't know how to do church because they're all there's never been any converts before them, so they're not religious people. They don't know how to come and soak like you do. They don't know where to put the garbage. They don't know how to take offerings. They don't know what to do. So I'm there doing practical stuff with them. Okay, we're gonna start church on time and we're gonna form it up a little bit, not too strict, but we're gonna have some guidelines and I'm, so I'm talking to them, right? trying to get them to understand that because some people, I'm not going to go into it, but they were doing some weird stuff. I mean, I'm pretty liberal in the area of, well, I'm not liberal. Hang on, hang on. Let's change that. <laughs> I let people do stuff that's odd to me. Okay? That I wouldn't, you wouldn't catch me doing it. I just look at you like, what? What? I just walk off and let you do it. I don't care. It's just not going to go very far for you. Because everybody wants a new idea, but you're replacing stuff that works with unknown ideas. And you're going to come at me, a guy that's seasoned, and you're going to tell me, this is obsolete. And I look at you, Really? What proof do you have that the idea you just shared with me has any validity with God the Father? Well, well, what? So before you throw me out with the dishwater, you need to have something that works. Because what I do, it is an older version, but it does work. Okay, so I'm sitting up there trying to explain to them that you need a trash can. Because Christians are garbage people. They leave their garbage everywhere. And then they go right out there in the streets and they don't want you to throw your garbage in their pretty pine forest but they'll leave it right in this room right here like a bunch of people that shouldn't be doing that. I held my tongue, you saw me. Mm -hmm. If you're gonna not throw trash in the pine forest, don't throw it in here. Put it in the garbage can. What an idea. So I'm trying to explain this to these people, right? Ah, so, because they don't know. They don't know you know, but you don't do it. That that needs a fine. You need to pay a fine for that. Okay, so I'm standing there, and this woman walks in now. I'm not picking on you ladies. I have a house full of them, and they're quite vocal with me when I get too aggressive. (laughs) They're not afraid of me is what I'm telling you. (laughs) and I let it, it's okay with me, I don't care. I don't care whether they are or they're not. I'm still gonna be aggressive. So, she started walking up there, and in our culture, Indian culture, uh, women, Indian women, never approach me I'm the wrong tribe, I'm the wrong color, I'm the wrong nation, I'm the wrong... There's nothing about me okay to be there. So they're not going to come to me. I'm, I'm not even the right village, I'm, not, I'm nothing right. But this lady walked straight up to me and I'm in front of this big crowd and I'm just looking at her. She broke every rule. And yet she, and she won't look me in the face. She's looking at the ground, which that's the right rule. That's how they do it but she's got a blanket and I'm looking at her and she extends her hands to me like this and I go, "Hmm, I wonder what's in, I'm curious, right? I'm just saying, I just like to know what things are and how they work. So I took the blanket and she never said a word to me. She just went straight over and sat down and and she's not even looking, she's just looking at the ground. So it was heavy. So I'm thinking, must be a couple of papayas. (laughs) Feels like a couple of these big papayas. Or it could be some oranges maybe. Because it's about four or five kilos, 10, 11 pounds. So I started opening up the blanket to see what kind of fruit I had. Wooden fruit. It was a dead baby. Okay. So all of a sudden now I'm not being a janitor anymore. Now I've got to be who she thinks I am. Are you hearing me or not? See, you need to be what you're making people think you are. <laughs> so I'm not a doctor, but I am a good grandpa. So I tested this baby, it was dead. So I look at the leader that's running the thing and I said to him, because his head's down too now, because he knows I'm coming for him. Because this is not okay. Okay. You don't know about a dead baby and not tell me. You hear me? This is different than taking the trash out. Sure is. And I said to him, what's up with this baby? He said, yeah, yeah, the baby's been dead for like five or six hours. And I looked at my watch and I had been there three. I said, okay, all right. We're gonna deal with this problem later. But why I wasn't notified about this when I got here? Because it seems easier to raise a two-hour dead baby <laughs> than a five or six-hour dead baby. Doesn't it? Logic? So I told him, I said, okay, since you didn't tell me, now you got to come up here with me and deal with it. So him and several of the other people... That, that I know, believe like I do, came up. We laid our hands on this child and we prayed for over an hour. All of a sudden, that little leg, y'all know how those babies do? Little leg just stuck up.
0: Bing!
1: And I'm looking at him, but it's not breathing yet, but the leg is up and I'm going And then that little mouth opens and that little, you know how that little tongue wiggles and all that? And I'm going, yeah. So God raised it from the dead right in my arms. Yeah. Listen. I know that stresses out your logic. I know that. And I know if you'd been there as awesome as you are, you'd have done a better job. But I was all they had. So we had to do it my way. Fortunately, I was on the trail with heaven and it worked. And I need that out of you, okay? Because people know that I do this and they, it's amazing how many Dead I'm around now because everybody knows I'll pray. Isn't that weird? At least I'm known for something, huh? Sure enough. And the mama, she's just a weird human. She's more weird than me to me. She comes up there, takes the baby, never looks at me, puts breakfast on the table, the baby's eating and she just goes sits down and everybody's ready to keep going with church (laughs) I told them there's nothing else I can teach you that's it this is the pinnacle of what we do I don't care about your trash anymore do that I'll pick up your trash you hear me I need you to hear me. I have so much fun now and I make light of everything because my life is serious and I don't like the weight of it, so I play and I have a good time. Do you hear me? So when that woman told Jesus, don't you understand that he's stinking? I need you to look at his response. See, that's what my value is here right now. She tells him, Lord, don't you understand the decaying, the the odor, he's been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not tell you? See, this is the real famous verse. Uh, There's songs about this verse. What there should, should be is songs about Lazarus, come forth. You need to be able to call them back because Jesus did. Yes. All right. Didn't I tell you, say, you told me, tell him. I choose to believe logic. Say it. (laughs) It's not a trap. Because you just do believe logic and reason. Even though Jesus told you, you can do greater works than I've done. You choose to believe the doubt and unbelief and the pressure of this world over what Jesus says. That means you believe logic. I don't. I live in logic just like you do. It's logical. You put the key in, you get on the interstate, you're gonna flow with the traffic. That's logic. You're gonna figure out how to make it work. Aren't you? Say, yes, I am. So I need you to understand, Jesus told us that we can do greater works. Say, yes, he did. did. You did tell me, Jesus. And I'm going to obey you, Jesus. Say it. And it says right here, I told you, and look at this, and I promise you. That's what it says in Amplified. Say, I believe your promise. I, your promise. I, take, it into my spirit, I take it into my spirit. And I'm going to do this job, do this job. In, the in the name of Jesus. And it says that if you would believe, say, I believe. I, believe. I choose to believe, say it. I rely on you, Jesus. Say it. Rely on you, Jesus. Look what it says. You will see the glory. Say, I want to see the glory. I want to see the glory. Do, you, do you have no idea these Indians uh, where I work, when these miracles happen, and, and when the woman came up there and her baby, she didn't say a word to me. She just started feeding the baby, right? And and she's looking right at the ground and she wouldn't sit down. But then I saw it with my eyes. I saw the tear. That's what I'm after. An appreciative, grateful mama that loves her baby and she recognizes that God gave her baby back to her. That's important. That's value. That's changing a nation. Yeah. And I see on some of y'all's faces, you want me to get on and go on. And you're saying inside, you expect me to believe that? And actually I don't. You're what's called an unbeliever. Your choice, it's not my choice. My choice is to believe. My choice is to receive the sayings of Christ and work them and and put them in my spirit and let them become active and powerful and come out of me with energy. My choice is to believe. And I invite you to that choice because it's not me, it's him. So, right? Look what it says, so... Say it with me. I want to see the glory of God. Say it. See, See, this is where I'm supposed to feel uncomfortable because you don't believe me. But it's really weird, isn't it? How uncomfortable you feel because I don't care how you think. It's the weirdest thing, and your power has no value, but mine does. I have seen. See, the difference here, I'm going to go ahead and say it to you. My hand, look here, chopped off fingers, scars. I showed them this morning. Look here, buddy. Scarred man, working man's hands. I mean, this thing has got some scars on it. I'll just grab stuff and start working on it. Sometimes it bites you back. It does. Okay. But you know what the difference in my hand is than yours? Not much, a few scars. Probably I have more than you probably. But there is another difference. 39 dead raisins with this hand right here. This hand, look at it, scarred up, scratched up, look at it. It don't even look as good as yours. Look at it, look at her nails and how she looks. Man, she looks good. Look at the complexion of her skin, it's just beautiful. I don't, I don't have that, I got old people's skin now. But it's weird weirdest thing, you've never seen one of these before today, and that's a 39, put that in your pipe, smoke it (laughs) because I know you smoke some weird stuff, just go ahead and puff on that one a minute. Look at it, son. I wish I could play like you. I really do. You're awesome. It's a good gift. Mine is not, I can't do that. But I can do something else. So. And I'm not complaining. I know. And you know what, though? Is you can have it all. You can have both. Amen. Because what I got is not mine, it's on loan from heaven. And it says right here, it says, so they took the stone away. Say, thank you, God, for moving the stone. See, what's in your way has to be moved so that the glory can walk out on you. Say, I want it. I want that stone out of the way. Now, somebody get a hold of it and move it. I don't care if it's a devil. I don't care if it's an angel or you. Somebody gonna move that thing out of my way because I need to see the glory of God. That's how it's gonna roll. So I'm not having anything else. I'm not having a copy. I don't want a copy. I want the real thing. If you'd have seen that tear roll down that woman's face, you'd be like me. That's a nice thing to see. So, and Jesus lifted up his eyes. <laughs> Ooh, this tells you where the power lies. And he looked right up to God. He said, now look, I know you always hear me, Father, and I thank you for that. It's for these that I pray to you. See? See? <laughs> Say it with me, rocks. Get out of the way. way. Any obstacle that's blocking the glory of God, get out of my way. And then now look up to the Father. Tell him how much you love him. I love you, Father. Thank you that you hear me. Thank you that you answer me. In Jesus' name. So verse 43, he says, he shouted with a loud voice. what did he say? It totally depends on what version you have as to what he said. (laughs) Which to me, it's not relevant. What's relevant to me is that the dude walks out, okay? (laughs) Which exact words you use, I don't personally care. I never have. Never have had a stumbling block with all that stuff. I mean, the brothers, you ought to see how they pray. Some of them, I just stop and look at them. What the, who taught you that? It's not even in the Bible. But yet, they get results. Like this one guy, he couldn't even read. could not even read. And he took the Bible and laid it on top of his dead wife and said, the Jesus in this book tells you to get up. She got up. That's weird, isn't it? The dude can't even read. It's not about that. It's a, that not being able to read is a rock that's blocking you. You've got to get past that so you can see the glory of God. Whatever it is in your world, because each one of us have a block. We've got to move it. Say, I want to move it. Say it. Yes, yeah, me too. Yeah, Lazarus, come here. Well, look at verse 44. Somebody tell me what happened. He came, he came out, didn't he? See, the problem all of you have is I actually believe this. I believe it happened. And therefore, when he says to me, you can do this too, David, I go, okay. And I don't need your permission. I have his you don't need mine. I just, I just want to get in agreement with you here in a, mi- in a minute. And so this stuff can be released into some of these lives and we can get more results and more people can be helped. Amen. You follow me? Amen. It makes sense to me. Yep. It's a good plan. It really is. Cause see, I was in a meeting that was quite a bit larger than this on our ranch not long ago. Here, take this, so I'll quit using it. Thank you, Mom. And, you know, we're sitting there, and it's probably 1,500 of us, maybe, maybe a few thousand. There was lots of people there. And and we always, we we do things a little bit different than you, similar. I mean, there's people there, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) We do things a little bit different than you do. Usually with me, there's a couple of hundred People, we standing up, we're looking at the people because we we're waiting because the fire's coming, see? It's coming, it's gonna come. And you need to be in play when it does come. And so, uh, it came. So we started praying for people. I mean, they just ran. You don't have to tell. When the fire comes, you ain't gotta coax anybody. They run toward the glory of God. You just gotta be there with them and just getting unity and, and it works. That's how it goes. So we prayed for everybody. I don't know how many times it was late at night and we left. So, what I want you to know why I told you that is because there was this cartel leader. Now, see, in y'all's world, you won't let them in. I do. The reason I'm alive is to help people that don't have Jesus. Their job description is not relevant. Their sin is not relevant. What's relevant is I'm a magnet. Draw stuff to Jesus so he can fix it. You hear me? Okay. So, <laughs> I had no idea, y'all, but this cartel boss went two ranches over from my ranch, that's quite a ways, parked his truck, changed his clothes to look like a commoner, put on a baseball cap, and came up in our meeting. None of us saw him. None of us discerned him. None of us. And there were some good gifts around me. Always is. But God wanted us to touch that man. He he told me, uh, Corbin, uh, we had that meeting, what was that, uh, was that February or March we had that meeting with him? March. You understand that was pretty close. We had a meeting with this guy because he bought a a piece of equipment for me off our ranch. And so I met his business and the reason he bought it because he wanted to talk to me. Because he had something to say to me. He's a scary human being, this fellow. But he does give you a fair price for your stuff, so. (laughs) So we cut a deal, and so I'm in his office, and we're working out paperwork and on and on, right? He said, now that the project is done, he said, I need to tell y'all something. Didn't he, Corbin? Corbin was there, he's with me. He said, I went in y'all's meeting and none of y'all knew I was there. I went up there to see what y'all were doing. He said, it was like I was pulled toward y'all. Say, I want that in my life. Say it. (laughs) I want to help people, but I need a magnet in me for that to happen. And it's not gonna bring you the awesome sometimes. It's gonna bring you the broken basket case. Hello? But you gotta be willing to fix the basket. I am. am. Say it. He said, I got up there. He said, I don't know how many people put their hands on me. It was a bunch but something hit me that I could not see. Now, this is a cartel boss. Do you understand the evil that's involved? Even in your world, you would call him evil. Because y'all have changed. You don't call evil evil anymore. But you with this guy. He said, I was knocked out. He said, when I stood up and started walking back to my truck, my world changed. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome, huh? He said, here's what he said to me. I need you, David, and I'm having you. He said, you've made some good decisions that I didn't make. And we've both traveled 35, 40 years down through here. And your life is awesome and mine is horrible. And you're going to be my teacher, and I'm going to start doing your world. And that's some Wow that's pretty awesome, isn't it? Wouldn't you say He said, "My family needs your Jesus. I need your Jesus." he said. He said, I need to come up to your prayer center in Texas and I need you to show me how to pray. I said, deal. So I let him come. (laughs) I just spent three days with him and his family. Out of his world, he's an awesome guy. Hear me? You ought to see him getting up at four o'clock in the morning with me going over and praying at the prayer center. He just sit there. He didn't even know what we was doing. I ignored him like he was a fly. And I just taught him how to worship God. Just sit there hour after hour with the Bible and the, and the praise and the worship going. And he just sit there, just, just, just bug-eyed, absorbing God's energy. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, that's awesome. I like that. Yes. I need you to say it. I want that kind of life. Say it. I want, I want to be able to change. See, see, I didn't do anything. I, I didn't. I, I didn't do anything. I, di- I didn't. I was just me. Just me. And by itself, God changes your environment. And it's not you ever, it's always his mercy. It's this morning I told you, for surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Say it. So will, so will I. So I need you to want this. I got chills all over me. It's, this is such a current thing that's happening. It's just beautiful. Yes, yes. I like that. It's scary, but I like it. They were in my house playing ping pong and pool on my stuff. And they said to me, no one has ever treated us like this. What type of people are you? (laughs) And I just tell them, I'm not a good guy, but I am a son of God. The me that y'all see, he's not a good person but the me that God sees is a pretty awesome guy. You hearing me or not? That's why we need to drift toward Jesus. I'm asking you to let that come on you and let it change your environment. That rock that's stopping the glory from walking out on you, I need that moved. I don't need you believing that it has power to stop you anymore. Brother Daniel, I need... I need your people to hear me. And I, and I don't know if I'm adequate with my invitation. I just, this thing is happening for us, y'all. I don't know what to say. The, 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 the re, y'all know what a regret is? It's a changed homosexual that regrets uh, having done the surgeries. You should see them coming in and getting saved. And I'm the guy that's letting it happen. We have a church, an entire church, that's all regrets. And I let them. My God is big enough to forgive them. And listen, listen to me. These cartels are coming in every church, every area. They're getting saved. We we got, we don't have them all yet, but almost every prison in our area, we have a church in them. And people are getting saved inside. They're never going to get out because they're not good. But they get saved, and now they're preaching the gospel inside the prison and getting other people saved. Isn't that something? This thing is working. This thing is working. I need you to understand, I like being 71 years old and having this kind of energy. I like being able to to be healthy and healed and, and just keep impressing God that his goodness is working. I like it. The brothers were afraid. This lady walked in. It wasn't a lady. And they were afraid of it. They said to me, That's not a woman. And I'm, Yes, it is. No, it's not. Well, what is it? Go ask. Me, I'm curious. I told you, I'm the guy. I'm looking at a woman and they go, they they told me you're not a woman. (laughs) So what are you? Just just look me right in the face. I regret my decisions and I, I, I don't know what to do, but they told me that God is with you. I said, deal. Let's do this. Do you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, David, you can't talk about this. No, you can't. This, this is right to talk about. We have to help. Are you hearing me or not? Yes. Ah. Your gospel has to be big enough. Say it. It is. Say it. It My gospel is big enough because I'm going to move the rock and the glory is coming out the rock. It's going to happen. Say it. And Lazarus is going to come out. And Jesus is going to say, take the bindings off of him and let him go free. I like this, you hear me? I like, because the part of the United States I'm from and the type of people that I'm from, you wouldn't think I'd have this uh, openness to let God be that big. (laughs) But the deal is, God saved me. I I went around with two pistols and a, a buoy knife with a shotgun and a rifle in my truck at all times with hard-nosed rounds, military grade. I was not a good person. But Jesus audibly spoke to me on a jet. And he dissolved that anger off me. You hear me? Say it, I want that. Say it. I want that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Ahora sí sabe, ¿no? Porque antes no sabía, pero ahora sí. Cristo vive, hermano. Aleluya. So let's stand up and let's, uh, let's make some kind of waves. Let's do something. <laughs> let's do a fire tunnel and a. Something. Let's do something. Mama, you with me? You okay? So, Brother Daniel, which way you want people to walk? Okay, so Eve. So you, you, you fellas are going to do some kind of tunes, right? All right. So what's going to happen is we're going to walk, we'll form a line over here and come this way, and we're going to form up here and... Uh, where you at, ma'am? I'll Come over here. Well, I I'll, I'll come down there, I'm sorry. So come on. Uh yep. Yeah. <laughs> Look at there. I'm getting me a convert. <laughs> sorry, taking your peoples away from <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> yeah. But things are really rolling out pretty, pretty good for us right now. Every time I talk, lots of people get saved. These miracles are flowing. It's, it's the weirdest, most controversial stuff. And I'm just embracing it and letting it roll. And they getting saved, man, by the bucketfuls. And in these prisons you ought to see these ruthless murderers that's getting saved. You ought to see them, they're scary. Now these people are scary, but they're just getting on fire. This is beautiful. It really is beautiful. I never did know it, you know, I was a kid, I went to Mexico, I just didn't even know what I was looking for. But I found something. It's rolling out pretty good so far. Holy Ghost. Okey dokey, here we are. We're here, team. Everybody good? All right. So, so what's gonna happen? These tune makers are gonna start jamming over here. And Jesus is gonna come on us. What's up? And y'all gonna get whacked by the fire of God. That's the deal, okay? We're moving stuff out of the way that blocks the glory, okay? Okay, that a deal? Okay, okay. So here we go. (laughs) Corbin, yeah.